You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, another edition of uh, Curd and Long here as we head into the weekend uh, on a Friday. Got to talk about the uh, comments made by Dan Orlovsky of ESPN, former Detroit Lions quarterback. And for those of you looking for Ryan Horvath, still feeling under the weather, hoping uh, that he can get back uh, with us on Curd and Long coming up next week. Uh, but want to jump into these comments by Dan Orlovsky. Bill Huber of SI did a great job of uh, putting some of these quotes Uh, into his article, and Orlovsky made a list uh, on ESPN, on GetUp, on ESPN, of the top five NFC quarterbacks under the most pressure. And Jordan Love is number one. Now, after we do the Jordan Love stuff, we can get into the other four people on this list. But uh, according to Dan Orlovsky, quote, you were a first-round pick who got a contract extension without ever playing. They ran a Hall of Fame quarterback out of town for you. You've got to go prove that you are the right guy, end quote, Dan Orlovsky. Now, there's more quotes coming, but let's let's just start with that one there, okay? I, I would counter Dan Orlovsky by saying they were done with Aaron Rodgers. Regardless of if they took Jordan Love in the first round, second round, third round, whatever. The, it, it did just run its course. Between Orlovsky and Gudenkunst, it was done, I think. And I, I don't know if... The relationship between LaFleur and Rodgers was necessarily rocky. Uh, Maybe it had its instances uh, early on, especially. I don't know where the relationship was by the end uh, between both of those guys. Maybe LaFleur also uh, was ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers uh, as well. And I know it's easy to point to Jordan Love and say, well, they don't take him in the first round. If he doesn't have the fifth-year option coming up, they are able to hold on for Aaron Rodgers even longer. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if they were willing to deal with what comes with Aaron Rodgers, with all the sideshow that comes with Aaron Rodgers, uh, with the Pat McAfee show, with not going to OTAs, which, of course, he's doing now with the Jets, uh, not, not doing all this different stuff that they you know wanted him to do in the offseason. And then, obviously, the distractions of doing the McAfee show and other times you know he talked to the media. He kind of brought the circus to town every time uh, he addressed the media. You didn't know which way this was going to go. And from that perspective, I think that can get very tiring for an organization, regardless of who the backup quarterback was. Let's say it wasn't Jordan Love. Let's say it was a quarterback they took this year. Then he was a rookie. Based on how that extension was with Aaron Rodgers, it led you to believe that they were probably going to move on after last year. I thought it would be a two-year deal. I thought he'd play this year, but obviously not. Obviously, when they made that extension, it was probably with the intent that they were moving on after last year. 
And that is why Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb uh, had that famous shot of them walking out arm in arm with each other. You know, he didn't and Randall Cobb didn't admit to that being the deal. But unless that was the deal and that was spoken, I don't necessarily understand why you'd be walking out like that if you realistically thought that you could play in Green Bay uh, coming up in the 2023 season if you wanted to one way or the other. To me, it feels like now looking back on it, that this was decided a while ago. This was either decided when they signed the extension or this was decided at some point in the season that this relationship was done. They knew it when they walked off the field the last time, Rodgers and Cobb, that their time in Green Bay was over. And then we have to play the games of, oh, I was 90% retired and so forth. Okay, fine. But Rodgers is gone uh, and Jordan Love is here. Now, yes, you can look at it and say, all right, there's pressure on him. He's got to be Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's expecting him to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Nobody's expecting him to play at that level. And if you are expecting him to play at that level, you might as well just not even turn your TV set on this year. Just don't even bother. Because all you're going to do is get upset at the TV. You're going to get upset at Jordan Love. Then you're going to want Matt LaFleur fired. Then you're going to want Brian Goodenkunst fired. You're going to want all of this stuff done. Because you... As a Packer fan, had unrealistic expectations at the end of the day. That's not Jordan Love's fault. That's not Matt LaFleur's fault. And that's not Brian Gunkin's fault. Realistically, in my opinion, the fact that he hasn't started a full season yet, you cannot have expectations of going to a Pro Bowl this year, of being an All Pro this year, of piloting a team to a, a Super Bowl this year. To me, that's unfair. I don't care how long he's been sitting over there on the sidelines. It doesn't matter. You you can't have those type of expectations. Then you can take it to another guy, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, a third-round pick out of Cincinnati. Played four games last year. I read quotes from him saying, you know, he's finally not swimming. Like, he was swimming in information last year, trying to decipher it all and figure it all out. And now this year, he's going to be the starting quarterback in Atlanta. And if Falcons fans think that they're going to get some Pro Bowl play out of Desmond Ritter, I think they're nuts. I mean, realistically, it's going to take you a while. Now, are there exceptions to that rule? Sure, there are exceptions to that rule. Sometimes you can have a guy that can come in and play very well right out of the box. Peyton Manning, Hall of Famer. Some consider him one of the best of all time. I consider him a choke in the playoffs, but regardless, that dude was awful his rookie year out of Tennessee. Awful. Ryan Leaf was also awful that year uh, with the Chargers, but Peyton Manning was complete trash. One saw him play against Ryan Leaf, actually with Tim Allen uh, back in the day, uh, down in Indianapolis when they played each other. They were horrible quarterbacks. Now, Ryan Leaf didn't get all that much better. Manning did. And Manning was a highly decorated quarterback coming out of Tennessee. And in that first year starting, he had his mistakes. And Jordan Love is going to have his mistakes. now. I will further the point by saying that does not mean that I expect them to win three or four games. As I've been saying the whole time, somewhere between seven and nine is my guess. They win three or four games and they, they completely screwed up and really misread the situation unless there's injuries, right? I mean, if there's other stuff going on, then fine. But I don't expect Jordan Love to be horrible by any stretch of the imagination. But I also don't expect Jordan Love to be in the Pro Bowl his first year as a starter. I don't expect that either. All right, so that, that's going off of Orlovsky's first quote uh, with inside this Bill Huber SI uh, article. 
Uh, Orlowski termed uh, the roster a very healthy roster. Okay. But, But this is the thing. They don't have any experience on that side of the ball, Dan Orlowski. They don't have experience at wide receiver. They don't have experience at tight end. And I don't care if you're Dan Orlowski or anybody else. If I give you a bunch of rookies and one-year experienced players going into their second year at wide receiver and tight end, you're going to have issues. It's going to happen. Because those guys are going to make mistakes. And you're going to make mistakes, assuming they're going to be somewhere where they're not actually showing up at. Wicks, the draft pick, the wide receiver, who's been very good in OTAs, said it's like being in class all over again, that you have to learn everything very, very fast. And then you pretty much got you gotta be a pretty smart dude to pick up on this offense as quickly as they're asking these guys to pick up on this offense. So from that perspective, yeah, you could say it's a talented roster, and they've got a bunch of first round picks on defense and so forth, fine. But to say that on the offensive side of the ball, like he he's got everything he needs. Yeah, he might have everything he needs in two or three years when these guys have the experience and everybody's on the same page and clicking. Then, yes. Then, sure. But, but right now, because of the lack of experience at quarterback, the lack of experience at wide receiver, the lack of experience at tight end, how in the world you can say, well, they there shouldn't be any issues between Rodgers and Jordan Love. He's been sitting over there forever. Figure it out. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really do not understand it at all. Let's move forward. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Orlovsky continued, the NFC in general and the NFC North in particular is, quote, not loaded. Orlovsky continued, meaning there's no reason why the Packers shouldn't be a playoff team or at least in contention down the stretch. Again, I don't disagree with Dan Orlovsky that the NFC is not loaded. Not at all. Ryan Horvath and I have talked about, hey, man, it's Philadelphia. They're the team. And then it's everybody else. This division, as far as winning the division, to me, it's the Lions, and then what is it? Minnesota, maybe, could be that team, right? If they can get their 
defense figured out to a certain degree. Kirk Cousins in a contract year. You expect him to play fairly well this year. Delvin Cook's situation is a little bit messy in Minnesota as far as where, where he's going to be playing and how happy he really is about his situation. But overall, Minnesota should be competitive. The Bears, you got a ton of questions with the Bears. They added a ton of players uh, to that roster on both sides of the ball through trade, through free agency, and so forth. Those guys all have to come together, and then you know we'll get to talking about their quarterback in a little bit. So they have questions. And then there's the Packers. I mean, is it crazy and unrealistic to think the Packers could end up first or second in this division? I, I don't necessarily think it's crazy. No. That means Jordan Love probably will have played fairly decent, for sure. Uh, and that also should mean that the Packers' defense is playing fairly decent under Joe Barry at the end of the day if they're able to get to that point. Having said that, what if the Green Bay Packers win, I don't know, six games and end up in last place in the division? Is that unthinkable? No, I don't think that's unthinkable either because that means that Justin Fields did have that breakout year that everybody was waiting for. Cousins and the Vikings did well enough to be around 500 and the Lions did what they were expected to do. And six wins ends up being a last place team uh, with Jordan Love at quarterback. And then I'm sure all the overreactions and freaking out about Jordan Love uh, and this organization will commence and they end up in last place in this division. But they very well could end up in first or second place in the division. And if they win the division, then what? Well, then they're a playoff team. Absolutely. Let's move on. Dan Orlowski, uh, again, comments from the Bill Huber article in SI. The expectation shouldn't be that Jordan Love's okay. The expectation should be that Jordan Love doesn't skip a beat to what the Packers have been. All right. As I've stated before, and I will state again, when Aaron Rodgers took over this team, he came into a situation in which it was a loaded and veteran side of the ball on offense. He had guys. They had just been to the NFC Championship game The year previous, that roster was far more complete on offense than what this roster currently is on offense for Jordan Love. This roster, and it's not even really the same roster because Tunyon's gone, Cobb's gone, Lazard's gone. So the the wide receiving core is even more inexperienced than it was last year. But they weren't a playoff team last year with Aaron Rodgers. And and now we're going to kick back and think that with even more inexperience on this roster and a guy that's never started a full year, that expectation should be that they shouldn't miss a beat. Well, Rodgers didn't miss a, a beat. He was the quarterback last year. They missed the playoffs. So if that's the case, then if we come in and the Packers miss the playoffs the same way Aaron Rodgers did, I guess technically Dan Orlovsky, you could say the Packers didn't miss a beat. They missed the playoffs just like they did with Aaron Rodgers in his last year. It's just completely unfair, in my opinion, to kind of put this on Jordan Love at the end of the day with all the inexperience they have. They didn't get him any veteran tight end help. They didn't get him any veteran wide receiver help, which we all expected they were going to do both of, right, heading into the offseason. We thought, well, either Mercedes Lewis is coming back or they're going to get a veteran tight end. No. Well, they're definitely going to get a veteran wide receiver. That, That need is huge. Nope. And instead... They draft a bunch more wide receivers to go with the inexperienced wide receivers that they have. 
Have there been positives out of OTAs? Absolutely. Samari Toure has been like the talk of Green Bay as far as, you know, who's come back looking the best. And Toure comes back and they're saying he looks like a completely different player. He's ready to go and roll and he's looked good in OTAs. So that's positive. That that was your third rookie wide receiver that you weren't expecting a bunch from because he was drafted at the end of the draft down in Nebraska. There wasn't a lot of expectations about Toure. Now, having said that, Rodgers spoke highly of Toure last year, if you remember, in training camp and thinking there was something with him. And then throughout the season and then towards the end of the season, as people started talking about, you know, these guys getting better and growing together and what they would look like last year, and people would bring up Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, and then Aaron Rodgers would be like, and don't forget about Samari Toure. He always kept throwing Toure in there. Obviously, Rodgers saw something in Toure throughout last year that convinced him, this kid can play. Nobody's talking about him, but this kid can play. So if he takes a step up and takes a step forward to go with Watson and Dobbs, now again, health is everything, and then you put in Reed and Wicks and these other guys that they took in the draft this year, hey, man, you know this wide receiving core is going to be very talented. But again, you're still talking about inexperience and mistakes. And tight ends, you have two rookies that are both going to have to play. And Duguara, who has been hurt a bunch and isn't really probably the answer at the tight end position uh, to begin with. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I t- again, I just, I really struggle with this whole take from Dan Orlovsky. And normally, I like Dan Orlovsky. I think Dan Orlovsky is very good on ESPN. I normally don't have a ton of issues with what Dan Orlovsky has to say. But this one here, I'm not sure I agree with because you're just completely ignoring all the inexperience that he has to play with. If he came in and he had Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver, and then he also had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and he had Finley at tight end or somebody that played tight end for a while and was a pretty decent player, okay, then I'd be more willing to accept that come in, don't miss a beat, and go. These guys all know the offense. They all know where they're supposed to be. You make the throws, and this offense should be fine. Just do your job. Fine. Agreed. Then I'm with you, Dan Orlovsky. But that's not what this is. Not at all. And people just, on on TV, on ESPN, on Fox, on CBS, everybody just wants to gloss over the fact of how much inexperience Jordan Love is working with on the offensive side of the ball. It's driving me freaking crazy. Let's get back to the Orlovsky. Five quarterbacks with the most pressure in the NFC. So number one, as we pointed out, was Jordan Love. Number two is Justin Fields. Now, this is interesting to me because if you listen to sports talk radio in Chicago or if you read uh, any type of football preview stuff or, uh, you know, anything like that, there is a ton of momentum surrounding Justin Fields and just how good he's going to be. I've went off about this before in a previous podcast, and I'll just reiterate my point. He went over 200 yards passing twice, two times out of 17 games, two times, all of last season. And I'm hearing people talking about, he might be in the MVP uh, conversation this year. 
Well, if you look at the schedule that the Bears have, you're going to have to say the Bears have the favorable matchup at the quarterback position more times than they don't on, uh, on the schedule this year. Based on what? Like, I, I don't understand. If we're basing on, okay, he's going to run and, and gain a lot of yards. Okay. We're talking about throwing the football. I'm not there. They add DJ Moore in the offseason. I get it. And he's a really good football player, really good wide receiver. He's still got to get him the ball. He's still got to make the right decision. There's a lot that goes into playing quarterback other than just running around, which is what the only thing that Justin Fields to this point, in my opinion, has shown he can do. So let's just wait and see what happens. But but the thing here is, is because the Bears have the number one overall pick, and they had the number one overall pick because Justin Fields uh, and others weren't doing their jobs in Chicago last year. And because they were able to get that haul from Carolina to move up to one to take Young, they have uh, the draft capital to move up if they don't have the number one overall pick going in uh, and possibly get the number one overall pick or the number two pick. You got the quarterback from North Carolina who was coached by Phil Longo, who's now the Badgers offensive coordinator. Uh, and then you also have Caleb Williams uh, at USC, the quarterback there who's expected to go one next year. So if Justin Fields doesn't play well this year, then more than likely, they're going to draft this replacement early on in that draft next year. That's how this is going to play. So there is pressure, uh, I would have to agree with Orlovsky, on Justin Fields from the standpoint of they don't have uh, anybody behind him necessarily that's going to take his job. The pressure comes from the aspect of because of what they have for draft capital, if they have another bad season, and because of the fact that there's two really good quarterbacks at the top of that draft coming up in 2024, it is kind of, in a weird way, a make-or-break season for Justin Fields already. We're already at that point. You know, everybody talks about all these coaches in the NBA getting fired and so forth. But in the NFL, if you're a starting quarterback and if you're not playing well after you know three years, essentially, two or three years, and there's an opportunity to take somebody that they may think is better than you, these NFL teams are going to move on it. Because more times than not, you have to have a star-quality quarterback in order to win in this league. That's just kind of how it goes. Number three, Daniel Jones. Now, this year is interesting. Because Daniel Jones is a guy that the Giants won't say they gave up on, but they pretty much gave up on. When, when you decide you're not going to pick up a 50-year option on, on a quarterback, uh, that, that pretty much says that you, you don't really trust him. Daniel Jones goes out last year and has a great year. Really did. I mean, considering how bad he was, he played really well last year. And now... There is pressure of the Giants sustaining what they had. Or was that a fluke season from Daniel Jones? Now, very rarely, I would think. Now, maybe there are examples that I I can't remember right now. But how many times has there been a fluke year from a quarterback where, man, those numbers are incredible. And then you look back on his career, and it's the only year he actually put up those type of crazy numbers. Are there those examples of there are? You can tweet me at Sparky Radio. Uh, Let me know those examples of one-year fluke quarterbacks. Running backs, I can come up with running backs. Uh, Wide receivers, I could probably come up with wide receivers who had 15, 16 touchdowns one year and then never topped eight the rest of their career or seven touchdowns the rest of their career or had a huge amount of yardage because somebody was hurt uh, in the wide receiving uh, core that year and then going forward in their career never put up anywhere close to those type of uh, 
catches and yards for the rest of their career was just that one happenstance year. So you can do it at running back and wide receiver. You probably can do it at tight end too, even though I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but that probably is, uh, there are examples there too. Quarterback though, that's tougher. I mean, if you're able to put it together and have a really good year, uh, odds are you've kind of figured it out and you're probably now in a position to move forward in your career and kind of stack successes going forward. So I guess I would be kind of surprised if Daniel Jones took a huge step back and all of a sudden the Giants, you know, took a nosedive uh, and weren't any good again because in Brian Dable's offense, uh, Daniel Jones just fell apart. Brian Dable did a hell of a job to get Daniel Jones to play as good as he did. And the thing of the fact that they really had no great wide receivers per se last year. They really didn't. That wasn't a loaded wide receiving core that made Daniel Jones' job easier. I think you could argue right now that the Packers wide receiving core probably is more talented than what even the Giants wide receiving core is currently as we sit here right here today and talk about it going into Memorial Day weekend. So it wasn't like they gave them all all the tools necessary in order to succeed. Saquon Barkley, yes, he's had Saquon Barkley. But Saquon Barkley has been hurt a lot of the time since Daniel Jones has been there. So that's not it. At the tight end position, Evan Ingram was one of their guys. Okay. But again, you don't have that type of situation, I think, in New York where you have the the luxury of failing coming off of that year last year for the New York Giants. You're in a situation now where you have to build on him. Now, what's the alternative? I, I think like everybody else we're going to talk about here is if your team stinks, then the Caleb Williams and Derek, or not Derek May, but uh, May, the quarterback from North Carolina, those picks definitely come in to being at that point uh, as far as something that that team may consider doing. Number four on Orlovsky's list of top five NFC quarterbacks under the most pressure, Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott's an interesting situation here because Dak Prescott has had a team in Dallas that he has made into a essentially a perennial playoff team, right? Year in, year out, they go to the playoffs, uh, and that's kind of what they do. Okay, fine. But similar to Tony Romo, they can't seem to win in the playoffs at the end of the year. And that's where uh, the issue lies, I think, at the end of the day. That that really becomes the issue. Now, is there any pressure for uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, to move on, let's say, uh, from Dak Prescott? Well, if you look at his contract, this year he's got a cap hit of $26 million, a dead cap number of $89 million dollars, in 2023, at age 30, his age 30 year. In 2024, at age 31, this is where it gets fun. He has a cap hit number of $59.455 million and a dead cap number of $61.9 million, which tells you that they are going to play with Dak Prescott in 2024 no matter what. The issue, on the other hand, is that after 2024, there's void years. 2025 and 2026, for cap purposes, are void years. So really, he's an unrestricted free agent uh, after the 2024 season. And there lies where the pressure is. Because you don't want to go into the last year of that deal not having something done, a la Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Last year of his deal, no extension done. 
lame duck quarterback, I guess you could say, who is playing for his next contract for certain. And I'm sure Dak Prescott would like to get an extension done prior to the end of this year in a very worst case scenario, you know, next spring. So he's now playing on the last year of his deal and gets new money, especially with all this money that all these quarterbacks are getting around the National Football League. I'm sure he wants to get his too. The only way, the only way that dude is going to get paid what he wants, he has to have success in the playoffs. For Dak Prescott, it's not about the regular season, I don't believe. I think it's about postseason success. Can you take this team to a Super Bowl? Can you take this team uh, to an NFC Conference Championship game against the Eagles, let's say? Can you be the one seed? Can you, uh, you know, I guess from a regular season standpoint, can you overcome the Eagles in the regular season and be the uh, win the division and be the one seed instead of Philly? And everything has to come through Dallas. And then, with Mike McCarthy as coach, be able to hold serve and take this team to a Super Bowl. That's where it is. If Dak Prescott takes this Cowboys team to a Super Bowl, win or lose in the Super Bowl, just gets him there, Jerry Jones is going to pay him a whole bunch of money to stay. Uh, and then, essentially, the pressure will be off. But if they go to the playoffs and get bounced right away again in their first game, he, he, I, I, I don't see them giving him an extension. I really don't. There has been some pressure on Prescott from fans and so forth they question really how good he is, but we'll have to wait and see. Now, Ryan Horvat, my cohort, my co-host, uh, is a big Cowboys fan this year. He thinks uh, that the Cowboys are to exceed expectations, and he's got a bunch of money on the Cowboys going into next year. So we'll see if Ryan Horvat of BetMGM tonight, part of the BetQL Radio Network, is correct or not. But if he is, Prescott's going to get paid. And if he's not, Prescott's going to play his last year and then probably be looking for a gig. And it also probably means that the Dallas Cowboys will be looking to draft quarterbacks uh, next year in the draft as well. Number five is Kyler Murray. I'll be honest with you. I think Kyler Murray should be higher than five. I think Kyler Murray should uh, probably be up closer to one uh, instead of Jordan Love. The reason is this. You essentially have lost respect of not only coaches, but players, it appears. This is a guy that Cliff Kingsbury took. This is the guy that Tom Clements was the quarterback's coach of in year one. And after the first year of him winning rookie of the year, Tom Clements retired from the game of football, didn't want to deal with it anymore. That speaks a lot of Kyler Murray because Tom Clements now comes back. Everybody says it's for Aaron Rodgers, including myself. Aaron Rodgers leaves. Tom Clements is still here. Why? He likes the quarterback room. He likes working with Jordy Love and Danny Edling. So he's good. He's going to stay and coach him. That's just more of an indictment on Kyler Murray at this point of that fact that he decided to retire instead of coaching the rookie of the year that he just got done coaching for a year. That's crazy. So that's an indictment on Kyler Murray. Then you have all of this rumbling coming out of Arizona that Kyler Murray doesn't put in the extra time. Kyler Murray isn't watching extra film. He's not as dedicated to his craft. He doesn't know everything that he's supposed to know. And people going at Kyler Murray. Of course, unnamed sources and all this other stuff. That made Kyler Murray look very bad. And now the latest is DeAndre Hopkins, who talks about wanting to play with a quarterback that loves the game of football and that's willing to put in the extra time and so forth. That also is a shot at Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins pretty much said, I want to play with somebody else. I don't want to play with a dude I'm playing with. This dude doesn't love football. This dude's playing it, but he doesn't love it. 
Not to the way that DeAndre Hopkins loves it. And they're never going to probably be able to win because he doesn't love it. That's not his deal. Some guys love the game. Peyton Manning loved the game. Loved studying it, loved playing it, loved putting in the extra work to try and be great, so forth. Love it. Giannis loves basketball. Willing to put in the extra work, put in the extra time, do the sacrifice, dedicate his life to the sport. He loves it. Michael Jordan loved basketball. Kobe Bryant loved basketball. It doesn't appear Kyler Murray loves football, according to Andre Hopkins. So if, if that's the case, and your head coach is gone, and they've brought in a new head coach, and Kyler Murray, if you don't play well this year, and you don't do your job, that may be the end of Kyler Murray in Arizona. Now, Kyler Murray's contract, I have not looked at, but let's, let's bring it up, and let's look at Kyler Murray's contract uh, and see what Kyler Murray's contract uh, looks like. Because I... I am genuinely, genuinely curious to see what it looks like. And as always, we always use Track, which is S-P-O-T-R-A-C, if you're looking for it. Uh, right now, as it sits, he's not making a bunch of money. He's really not. A cap hit uh, in 2023, $16 million. The big number, cap hit-wise, jumps in 2024 to $51.8 million. Dead cap number of 81.521. They can get out of Kyler Murray's contract in 2025. So they have them for two more years before they can move. Similarly uh, to uh, another situation in Dak Prescott that we just talked about. I mean, there is a legitimate possibility here, folks, that Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray both could be available for teams to sign or trade for after the 2024 season. Prescott will be a free agent. Kyler Murray has a cap hit number in 2025 of $45.6 million, but the dead cap number is only 33. That's it. So at that point, they can get out. They're stuck with them for two more years if they don't like them. And then after that, they can trade them uh, and let somebody else take Kyler Murray and get him essentially off of their team and start building with a new quarterback. If this Cardinals team stinks this year, they're going to take a quarterback next year. I'm here to tell you, that's happening. If if they're number one next year or number two next year, they're taking a quarterback. There is not a question in my mind. So when we start talking about pressure from Dan Orlovsky and where is the pressure on, in all of these situations that we're talking about, and maybe even including Jordan Love, but I, I don't think the Packers are going to be you know the one or two uh, team uh, in, the, in the draft. But in most of these situations, we're talking about taking a quarterback. If Justin Fields isn't good and the Bears are horrible, they're going to take a quarterback. The Cowboys aren't in that situation necessarily because they're not going to be bad. They're going to be a playoff team more than likely. It's going to come down to postseason and decision-making there. But maybe they'll take a quarterback in the second round next year. Or maybe later in the first round. It won't be one of the top two, but maybe they'll have their eye on somebody else to draft as a future replacement for Dak Prescott to signal to Dak that, okay, you're going to last year of your contract, uh, and then you're moving on. Uh, and then, obviously, with Kyler Murray, like we just talked about, if they stink again, you have to imagine they're taking a quarterback because then they only have one more year left with Kyler Murray, and then they can trade him and get whatever you can get for him and move on to the future with your quarterback. This isn't a Jordan Love situation where the kid's going to have to wait for three or four years before he can play. The path is there. Uh, to come in and replace a Justin Fields or a Kyler Murray if either one of those two teams stink again this year like they did last year. So those two guys play for their job. 
Jordan Love, I guess, to a degree, is playing for his job too, even though he's got one year left on his deal. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I just, to me, there should be less pressure on Jordan Love because he has less experience. He's got less experience around him for certain uh, in the offense. And that's why I think Orlovsky's a little off base, just a little bit in his analysis of the situation about Jordan Love shouldn't skip a beat from what Aaron Rodgers was last year. Kind of drives me nuts a little bit. All right, that'll do it for another edition of Curtin Long. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget, you can download this fine podcast wherever you download uh, your podcast. And of course, always for free to download it on the Odyssey app. And from time to time, uh, it will not be this one. However, I'm not doing video for this one. But uh, more than likely, sometimes we will put up uh, these videos on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Ryan Horvath, hopefully we'll be back next week. Have a good one. Toodles.